up or talk up podcast. If you don't know about it, now you know. Hey, you got something to say? One topic, two options. Oh, yeah. We got a lot to say. Welcome to episode 104. Unwanted emotions triggered by mental illness. We are making live phone calls to our guests on today's episode. We will be speaking to Minority Psychology Network, Inspirational Speaker, Her Story Podcast, and the producers of The Fear of a Black Planet. And do remember that there will be additional episodes in regards to this topic. So we ask that you listen to them all. Each episode will have four new speakers. Who are we speaking to, you might ask? Well, we had the chance to speak to licensed counselors, social workers, podcasters, religious leaders, motivational speakers, and individuals who were willing to share their journey with mental illness. We ask that you listen up and you listen closely. If you want to be a part of the next discussion in regards to mental health, please email us at shutuporetalkup at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Listen to the next caller right now. Hello? Yes, hi. Is this successful from the Minority Psychologist Network? Hi, this is from the Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. We want to say thank you for participating in the mental health conversation. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, no problem. We want to get into the topic, and the topic is mental health. Typically, in these conversations, we kind of just start off with our viewpoint on mental health, um, the status of mental health in America today. Would you be able to share your, your thoughts on that? Like you said, if hey, if this is how we got to feed it and this is how people have to be aware, then the, the longer the message is getting there. So I agree with that. My experience with mental health, even as a child, my family members never really knew how to use the proper language. I come from a Caribbean background. And so if somebody like had an issue or their character was not normal, even though we don't like to use that term normal, you know, they would be labeled as mad or crazy. Um, I have like friends that that's from the South and they say, oh yeah, down South, we say they see now. And then I talk to people from Africa and in Africa, they have their own term too. So it's just, um, I realized that it, speaking to even other black um, people from all walks of, of the earth, they also experience the same stigma, not even knowing the proper language to identify. So with your experience growing up, can you recall 
the language that was used in regards to describing individuals with mental health as a child or as a teenager? No, as a child, I really didn't even have an experience of speaking about mental health at all. But looking back, I do realize the word crazy was used. Like, even being in school and you seeing, like, the different kids that were in, like, special ed classes, mm. you know, you can see that they were, you know, physically different from, you know, you, mm. um, they would use the word crazy. So, um, and then growing up, I would hear, you know, oh, something is wrong, they, you know, with their mind or whatever, just got to pray for them. So that's mm-hmm. what I was, like, taught growing up, you know, oh, they're not in their right mind. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't really explain, it's a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just even knowing these things as a child or looking back as an adult into your childhood and, and seeing how the lack of education that our families may have had or our siblings or peers may have had contributed to why we, we didn't understand certain things or certain behavior. But for me as an adult now, I feel like I'm obligated to, to seek and to look into my mental health and to practice those things because it's, it's now on my hands. In regards to the African-American culture, do you think that people are, are ashamed to admit that they have a mental illness. What are your perspective in regards to that? Well, you know what? For the Minority Psychology Network, we focus on all minorities. Mm -hmm. And even in the Latin culture, I know that they, you know, they're men. They have to, you know, have this, like, I'm strong type of look also. So not only, you know, African-American or black communities do we have to be strong. It's minorities in general just because of all of the things that we have been through culturally. So, yeah, I I do think that's a a huge issue in minority communities because, um, you know, we are looked at as, like, already like lower class or whatever so we we have to you know be strong and we can get through anything and you know like whatever comes our way we'll make it work so i think that yeah i agree i think that is an issue which um stops people from seeking mental health services because they feel like if your mental health is not intact then you're weak you know and that's really unfortunate that people feel that way right in regards to uh in the workplace i don't know how everyone's workplace is set up or their human resources department but do you think that given the climate um which is this is it's probably something that should have already been done and possibly is being done with, you know, companies. But do you think that corporations should implement therapy that will affect their employees specifically? Um, having therapists that look like their employees or having therapists that can um, provide extensive assistance. Do you think that that's something should, that should continue to be implemented or should be implemented if corporations have not done that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, one of my members, a part of the Minority Psychology Network, he is getting his master's in um, workplace psychology. Nice. So that's very, very essential because if you're not doing your best stuff, how can you do your best work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. So definitely you should have, even if you just get a therapy, period, that's what we focus on is, you know, finding therapists or psychologists, any mental health professional that looks like you because when you speak to somebody that you feel knows your story, then or can relate, you know, you're more open to speak. So yeah, in the workplace, I think it's very essential because you bring all of that home, like whatever stressors, whatever issues, 
that's happening at work that comes home. And then that also, you know, plays a toll on the family. Yeah. So, um, definitely. Yeah. Do you think that a person that is engaged or married to or in a relationship with someone that has a mental illness, do you think that it's fair for society to blame them for their partner's mental illness actions? No, I think that's not fair at all because, you know, we all have our own personal journey. Right. And we're responsible for ourselves, you know. And um, I actually commend someone who has a partner suffering from a mental illness because that's a lot to um, deal with, especially when there's children involved, you know. So that's like, you know, having a partner that suffers from a cancer, you know, another physical illness. So. You definitely want to make sure that, you know, you're supportive, but it's, it's nobody to blame. It's, you know, it's something that everybody should, like, seek help in making sure that they're keeping their mental health intact. If that's having a therapist, a life coach, or taking the proper medications if possible. So, yeah, it's definitely not fair to be blamed for um, your spouse having a mental illness. Yes. When I speak to certain people about trauma and just you know, the effect that it causes, um, I get different reviews, you know, whether, you know, this is just in my social life or, and, and, and also work life as well. Not only do I believe, but I know that trauma can be in your bloodline. You know, when we think about alcoholism, you know, there's some people that they're addicted to alcohol, but when you ask them what their history is, you find out that their grandmother or their grandfather and their mother and their father, they also have that addiction or just even abusive patterns you know sometimes we see men that are abusive and they they were raised in an abusive um, household you know i do think that that's a part of learned behavior as well um what are your thoughts in regards to trauma being genetically passed on i definitely think that's generational um because being in an environment we actually the minority psychology network just had a um a virtual mental health workshop on racial trauma yesterday. Nice. And uh, we spoke about how it can be generational because, you know, like even being pulled over, you know, black men or, you know, the black community is being taught, like moms and dads are teaching their sons, like this is how you need to act when you're being pulled over. This is how you need to act when you come in contact with somebody that doesn't look like you. So that's brought down that fear, mm-hmm. that anxiety, you know, all of those issues are being taught because now they're like, okay, well, I could lose my life if I act a certain way, if I say right. something. You, you are in front of somebody that doesn't understand who I am. So mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely, yeah. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. In regards to holistic approach, do your platform, do you guys provide different things that individuals can do holistically in regards to therapy? Definitely, like we um, try to post like self-care tips, you know, um, if it's like reading a favorite book, listening to music, meditating, like whatever makes you feel good about life and who you are, we definitely recommend that. We definitely make sure that each member uh, makes it personal because a lot of people can relate to what you actually like as well. So we post those videos on our Instagram, mm-hmm. um, NPN underscore NPN. 
in order to show exactly like what you can do to you know a holistic approach like you said right to, you know make sure that your mental health is intact by enjoying yourself yeah in regards to and lastly the most recent situation we've seen with celebrities having panic attacks um suicide attempts um, you know, spiraling down, you know, and they're definitely in our prayers and our thoughts. What are your thoughts on our black community responses? Do you think that we should respond? Well, you know, I think cause you made a good point. A lot of people do think that money buys happiness. And I think the situation with Kanye West and with Tamar showed that money does not buy happiness. You have to have that inner peace and you have to take care of your mental health, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what race you are. So I think that this definitely has gotten the conversation started even more about mental health because people understand that it's definitely something that needs to be talked about and people need to be educated on because a lot of people don't understand like the rants and don't understand well, how could she do this because mm-hmm. they don't get that there's really a mental health issue that needs to be addressed. And if it's not addressed, then this is what happens, you know, right. suicide attempts and rants that people can't, you know, understand and different episodes and things like that mm-hmm. because their mental health is not being uh, taken care of. Right. And that's definitely um, one of the, the main reasons why we're having this conversation today. And we definitely appreciate you participating. In closing, do you have any insight you want to share with the audience before leaving? Do you want to reiterate your platform where they can find you, the different um, layers of your company? Yeah, thank you again. Um, so my name is Successful Brim. Again, I'm the founder of the Minority Psychology Network. If you would like to reach out to us, you can email us at npm at the minority psychology network.org. We also have a lot of different virtual events where we speak about different mental health topics. Like I stated, we had an event the other day about racial trauma. The other one on Friday was about the um, sports and mental health women athletes. Um, so we make sure that we discuss and cover all different topics regarding mental health. So if you're interested in those, visit our website at the Minority Psychology Network.org or go to our Facebook at the Minority Psychology Network or Instagram and Twitter at NPN underscore NPN underscore. So, um, again, thank you so much for having us. No problem. Yes, well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And, and have a great day, okay? Thanks, you too. All right, bye-bye. Yes, hi. May I please speak to Ms. Devine from the Inspirational Speaker? Yes, it's she. Hi, this is the Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. We would like to say thank you for joining our discussion in regards to mental health. We really appreciate your participation. So what we're going to do is we're going to get right into the, the topic in regards to mental health and mental illness and unwanted emotions those were some of the the taglines that we use to describe the mental health discussion um, but before doing so can you um share with our viewers on information on your podcast or your platform yes, so, mm-hmm. yes i can share on um, my platform 
with your viewers. So my name is Divine Diamond. Um, I go by Divine Inspiration, or you can call me Diamond. Um, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Divine Inspiration. So what I do is I speak life into people in regard to um, mental health, uh, depression, and just trying to help people with their um, self-worth and uh, care of self and getting more aligned with God and the universe. Okay. That's definitely, definitely a necessity in today's climate. And just to get right into the topic, what are your views on mental health in America today? So I feel like um, mental health is very important. Um, especially now since this COVID-19 a lot more people um, because of their isolation, they're starting to have, like, you know, mental breakdowns. When before, they could just get up and go and do whatever they wanted, um, you know, right. it's been more popular now. Um, <clears throat> but even though they, you know, like, people been having their little trips here and there, um, I just think it's just been more, it's getting more shine pretty much when before it wasn't. Um, it's always been there, but it's just getting more exposure. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think that is very important, though, to take care of your, your mental state. Do you think that white Americans view mental health different from black Americans? Yes, I do. Um, white Americans have more resources than black Americans do. Um, and then as a black woman, um, growing up in, you know, my community, we don't really take care of ourselves mentally. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we deal with a lot of uh, PTSD and we think that is, you know, that it's normal when it's really not. Actually, I feel like in the black community, you know, we just, we don't like to talk about it. And when we do talk about it, um, we don't get a good response. So that's why people shine from pretty talking. much just shine away from mm-hmm. it. Yeah, they, they, you know, just fall back from even expressing how they feel because we're, we're meant to be strong, you know. That's, that's the stigma. Uh, with it, with, that with we're it. Yeah. When was your first um, introduction to mental health? No one really talked to me about it. Um, I actually was starting me on my journey of self-love and taking care of my mental health. In 2016, um, my daughter dad actually committed suicide. Wow, and sorry to hear that. That's when, yeah, yeah it, it, that's when, for me, it became more okay. What can I do now since I've been impacted from it? What can I do now to help people and even myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like, even after he did it, I, you know how you be in denial, you're in shock, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And especially for somebody to find their significant other or their brother or their sister, you know, 
on a mom, you know, like that, um, it was hard for me, you know, um, I knew that I needed to take care of myself. I went through a, a, a rough time for like maybe about six months. I fell into a depression, but I had to learn that I got to take care of myself, you know, because mm-hmm. nobody else is going to do it for me. And if, um, if I fall into it too, too deep, mm-hmm. I don't know how I would get out of it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but I always know because my mom, she planted little seeds in my head that, you know, you never know what somebody else is going through. So you always be nice and kind to people. Yeah. You know, always say hello because that goes a long way. Um, but I didn't know that that was pretty much nurturing me to be who I am today. Uh-huh. And then to mm-hmm. experience um, someone close to me to actually commit suicide, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, uh, you know, I gotta do something better. Right. I gotta get this, gotta get this right. Um, because I don't want to experience this again, for one, nor do I want my, my family to have to go through this or feel the pain that I felt right. uh, mm-hmm. of losing a loved one mm-hmm. to uh, suicide because they felt like they couldn't come talk to you. Like, yeah. Um, you're okay. You're, oh, yeah. You're you okay. Know, you, go, you get through it. You'll be strong. Mm-hmm. You will get through it when, no, you're not. If you know somebody that's dealing with, um, half of all our family members is bipolar. situations going on well not going on but um in the public eye one of them i'll mention in regards to the kanye west situation first i would want i wanted to know do you think that women that deal with men that have mental illness those women should take the blame for their mate's reaction no i don't think that that's right at all okay everybody like 
Okay, so I've dealt with somebody before that had mental illness. So because of their actions, you, you want to try to blame me because of what they did? No. With every action, there is a reaction. Yes, that is true. But you don't know. We don't know what she tried to do to help him. Right. You know? And, like, like you know, like you said, yeah, they're celebrity. But we don't know what they tried to do to help him at the end of the day. We do know that Kanye West has not been the same since his mother passed away. Right. We know that. We know that. Mm-hmm. He went completely down here. I think that, I honestly think that he just needs to go on, go on like a spiritual retreat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just get his mind right, get grounded. Um, some people, some people can't help you, you know? Wow. That's true. Not, not, not everybody can help you. Somebody else may be in place to help you. Right. But maybe she's not equipped for that mentally to help him. Especially with four kids. Yeah, like, four kids. And she's trying to take care of herself, her mistakes. Yeah. She, she got to be the strong one in this situation. Really. Right. Like, she literally. As women, women, we do have to be the We got to be the group for our family. Lastly, in regards to helping your children with their mental health, what are three things that you can share? Be completely open and honest with your child. Sit down with them, talk to them. Mm Mm-hmm. That that works. Talking to your children works. Right. You know, instead of yelling at them and making them uncomfortable to not feel like I can have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they learn things from their friends, social media, the TV. But just sitting there with them and saying, look, if you if you having a hard day, mommy or daddy is feeling a little stressed out right now. Because of X, Y, and Z. Um, yes, this can be a little overwhelming, but this is what I'm doing to try to get through this. Mm-hmm. And if you can give me five minutes, give me five minutes, give me ten minutes so I can get it together, mm-hmm. you know? Or even, you know, if... That's if important. Out here, mm-hmm. You know how your kids, they go to school, they do a bullying or whatnot, instead of you... Telling your, you know, how parents be turning up like, oh, no, no, they didn't tell that kid, your, your child, you know why that kid is treating this way? Because somebody else is treating them that way. Most times, that's where they need to come from, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And letting them know you're not those things. Because, yeah, they do believe what other people say about them, but that's why you have to speak um, listen to them. Mm-hmm. Speak positive affirmations. With my daughters, I have one mixed daughter. Well, I have three. All three of them are, um, you know, they have a little something else in them, but one of them have lighter skin. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, all of y'all are beautiful. Not one of y'all are, you know, different. Y'all all came from the same woman, which mm-hmm. is me. Right. So y'all beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I have them go in the mirror, tell themselves that they're smart, they're beautiful, they're talented, you know, to keep their confidence going because when I was a kid, my mother didn't do that for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
affect me in the long run dealing with um, other situations, you know, right? situation for me one of the things that's important is boundaries having that this idea of being a parent giving the child the better better than what i had and you know not being as harsh as my parents were and then sometimes it's like it's an imbalance of now now you're letting the child think you're their girlfriend and they're not looking at you as an authority figure so you gotta have boundaries boundaries is yeah it's so important when i think about a tv mom i just think about claire huxtable i just think like if if i can describe the demeanor of I will tie you up, but love you and kiss you and hug you and rub you and tell you to sit your ass down all in one <laughs> and and be your cheerleader. Like yeah. that just clear Huxtable, Felicia Rashad, definitely. Talking about even that, even me as a child seeing that, that helped my mental health when it comes to seeing different types of mothering or seeing different types of families or um, how a lady should be, or you know, I, my visuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in our community, we don't really we don't have superheroes anymore. You know, you don't see the um because I think I really think it's because of how the mainstream media oh yeah has put it out there and mm-hmm. projected it upon us. You know, mm-hmm. even when you think about this whole um. Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez situation, um, guys go through uh, mental health and abusive relationships all the time. Oh, yeah. But we don't, we don't, people don't talk about that. Yeah. You know? They yeah. don't talk about it. And, and I just had made a post recently about how what you put out is what you get back. Mm-hmm. And you need, people really do need to be mindful of that. Like, mm-hmm. You know, what you listen to, what you eat, what yeah. you, uh, who the people you hang around with. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's all energy, so just be mindful of that. If you, if you don't feel comfortable being around somebody, stop hanging out with that person. Yep. Oh, yeah, it may hurt, but you gotta do it. Yeah. You know, eating that stuff with people and make you feel sad and depressed, stop eating it. Eat some food. how much control they can have once they, you know, limit certain access and creating boundaries and then also allowing yourself to break barriers. But I think that's the purpose of the conversation and, you know, to kind of shed light on that today in our discussion with you, you definitely, you you gave great um, points, um, experience, and also, you know, someone listening to this, they can hear this, but they know where they can find you and go to your platform or reach out to you. Reach out to her, you guys, if you if you want more insight. Yeah, so we just want to, you know, thank you so much for participating in this conversation. 
All right, so thank you so much for participating and thank you for joining the Shut Up or Talk Up podcast on mental health. Thank you so much. Have a great day, okay? All right, bye-bye. Hi, is this Janine Jameson from the Her Story podcast? Yes, it is. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm excited to have this conversation here at the Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. We want to thank you for participating. Um, Before we get started, we want to ask if you can let our listeners and viewers know where they can find your platform and give them just a snippet about what your platform is about. Okay, awesome. So again, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, My name is Janae Jameson. I have a podcast. It's entitled Her Story. Uh, Her is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient, and it's centered on women, uh, specifically black women and women women of color, and how they have created certain barriers and circumstances and uh, turned those adversities into triumph. You can actually reach me on Instagram. You can find my page at her, um, her story underscore podcast, and the link is there in the bio, but her story podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and there's typically a new episode that drops every Wednesday to incorporate Woman Crush Wednesday, Women Empowerment, all of those good things. Nice, nice. Well, definitely, everybody, make sure you tune in. All right, so let's get into the conversation. Today's conversation is about mental health. So I would start off by asking you, what are your views on mental health in America today? So definitely um, mental health, I think that it's still a stigma around mental health and we need to definitely uh, normalize the conversation and the need for mental health, uh, especially within the black community, within black and brown communities. It's so often that there is a litany of experiences that uh, black men and boys and also black women that we experience at such a very early age and it's often shunned upon or thrown under, Mm -hmm. you know, the rug, or we don't really have those in-depth conversations. Of course, we are a strong, resilient race, right? Right. Because we're strong, resilient, it doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't address our mental health. Because we're strong, resilient, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have real conversations and seek help and um, normalize being a psychiatrist and normalize being a therapist. Uh, I'm 30 years old, and uh, this was the very first year that I began therapy and going to a therapist every month, and it's needed, and it helps me mm-hmm. so much, especially during this time in the COVID-19 and just um, the experiences of the world that we've been going through right yes. now as it relates to racial injustice and everything. It is so needed right now. So needed. What type of um, therapeutic measures do you think that women can do together um, to help uh, each other in the process of self-care? I would say, like, together, definitely mm-hmm. words of affirmation, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a very short spill um, of what my story is. You know, throughout my adolescent years, I battled, um, you know, just accepting self-image, body image, and things of that nature. Uh, I was anorexic for years. I um, under eight, over exercise, mm-hmm. and it was a teacher who noticed these. Um, 
you know, my pattern of behavior, like, a lot of and things like that, and brought it to my parents' attention. And so it was my mother's love and words of encouragement and mm-hmm. affirmation that she gave me on a daily basis that had helped me to get through this. And so I took what I once used as negative, which was overworking out. I started looking at the holistic approach of what it meant to live a healthy lifestyle, to mm-hmm. exercise, and be mindful of good things to put in my body, and also using those words of affirmation on a daily basis. Writing certain things out, calling things into existence, and putting yeah. it on a mirror so when I wake up in the morning, I can see these things. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, call certain things that already are happening, making it happen. So I think that it's important as women that we encourage, that we uplift each other, and that we also share our stories, share those relatable experiences, because in life. Sometimes we may feel like we're the only person going through something and that we can't get out of it. Sometimes the only thing we need is to know that someone else can relate to you and that has gone through it. And if they can break through that hardship, then so can you. So um, definitely words of affirmation, being, of course, uh, a motivator and helping others and letting them know and assuring them that they they aren't alone. Right. No, definitely. That's definitely great. Um, information words of affirmation is so important. Like for myself, I I give myself mental treats um, for the smallest things. Like if there's a situation where you know five years ago or ten years ago, I probably would have like blew up or you know went the negative route or how if, you know I try to monitor myself and notice when I'm I'm actually um, implementing my self care steps. And so I give myself a mental treat like, okay, you know, you almost, you could have, you could have went left in that conversation, but you, you didn't. And you didn't retaliate. Um, you, you held it up and I, and I give myself, and it, it seems silly, but those little things, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to being in, in uncomfortable situations where I have to prove that I am who I say I am to myself, like in my conscience, yes. not like outward saying so everyone else can. I don't really care about that, but it's inward because for me, making sure I am who I say I am is so important. So um, if I'm in a conversation where I even feel as I'm over talking someone because I I have that, I you know, <laughs> I try to snatch it back. Um, and, and a lot of things was certain situations. Um, I don't always feel the need to defend myself anymore. You know, I'm learning that it's okay to walk away. That's now a part of my self care where it, when it wasn't at some point, I feel like if you come at me, I'm coming back, <laughs> but that ain't, that's not, that's not healthy. It's not healthy. Do you think that black people suffer more from mental illness than other groups? In America, yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely think that we suffer more from mental illnesses. One, we don't really have those in-depth conversations. So um, it's important that, you know, we should have these different conversations with those who are in the, the mental health professional uh, professional field because something we may not even know is a form of depression. Mm-hmm. And it is, right? Like, I wasn't uh, aware that sometimes you know, under eating is a form of depression, right? You've always heard that, you know, oh. people can be emotional eaters and overeat, but under eating is a form of depression. Mm-hmm. When you oversleep, 
it's a form of depression just as uh, just as though as if you have insomnia. So it's like different things that you don't know. It affects people differently. And then when you look specifically to the black community, right? We have you know the highest um, you know mass incarceration rate throughout the country. Mm-hmm. We have a, a large amount of our people that are living in poverty, that are living in crime. You know, when you live in property, that often leads to depression, which then leads to criminalization. And, you know, it's just that it's almost like an ongoing effect at times within our community. These issues aren't addressed. And when our, our brothers and sisters are incarcerated, which, you know, I don't want to get too far off of the different subject, but they're not rehabilitated. Right. There's just so much more that's connected to it. You know, so families much. are getting split up and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And even when you look at the impact and the dynamics of the black family and how uh, it's like over, I think it's like 84.4% of black mothers are the breadwinners that are also raising children on their own. So there's that stress within itself, being able to provide and be the breadwinner and take care of your family, not having the necessary, necessary help or additional help of um, a partner. And it's just so many things that we carry that are the weight of the world. Here we are in 2020 again, where the country is still built on the backs of black and brown communities. Here we are in 2020 again, where we are facing racial injustices throughout the country, throughout the world, and we're still out here rallying and protesting. So that, that's the stress within itself. And when you look at COVID-19 and what we are facing right now, mm-hmm. we're at the epicenter of a global pandemic, and black people are disproportionately affected at that. So that's another added stress. agree with that and you know when I think of the therapy that's needed or just the 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 conversation that needs to be held and we talk about the system you know a lot of this is a systematic oppression and and not only we still have the the aura we still have the voices and the pain of slavery in our genetic makeup the trauma is still in our makeup the pain, how we, how we react to the pain, and then the, and the fact that we have normalized pain and and look at it as strength. It's okay to say no as a strong one, you know. Mm-hmm. So often, you know, when you even think about when when we think about God, our relationship with God, our superior being, when you are trying to call things into the universe or call things through manifestation and prayer. How would you feel if someone is constantly just throwing down negativity constantly, constantly, or give me this, give me this, or this sucks, this sucks, this sucks? Mm -hmm. It is, we have to normalize having, um, like, lightened conversations as well. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly calling someone because something is wrong, because you're angry, because you're mad, you're upset, that person didn't harbor those feelings. 
and you won't even get the type of advice or information that you need from that from your counterpart because they're going to be drawn down and depressed and worried and bothered too. Mm. So we have to again normalize just having right conversation mm-hmm. and also knowing, like you said, you can reach out to someone to vent and have advice, but seek that additional help and counseling as well. Yes. It's so important. It definitely is to seek that uh, additional assistance through counseling. In regards to, um, I don't know your background, um, but in regards to the church culture within the black community, do you think that the church culture deal with mental illness effectively or do they, or is it a let's pray it out? I got all respect for everybody. I'm, I'm, you know, my background is from the church. My mama would definitely slap me up no matter how old I am. So I, I, this is no disrespect. However, I'm also an honest child and I have the experience in the church culture where it's, Let's pray the demon out of this child or let's pray. Let's pray for this sister because she's dealing with issues at home and and also knowing that, hey, she's probably being abused by a brother, you know, and and not being able to effectively talk about it in the church. Well, I haven't had any direct experiences, for instance. I am I'm Catholic, uh, Catholic born and raised, Mm -hmm. but uh, I will say that there is there needs to be a balance. There needs to be a balance between the two. You know, we often, church folk, you know, often refer to, you know, faith without works is dead. So if we're going to center, um, you know, the message that we should pray things out and have faith and talk to God about certain things, mm-hmm. we have to look at that working part as well. Mm-hmm. That working part is ensuring that you're connected, that individual who is coming to you for help, mm-hmm. and they to seek additional help. They seek professional help uh, through either counseling or therapy or psychiatrist. And, you know, often some folks think that it has to be either or. It does not have to be either or. You can balance the two. You can be a Christian. You can be whatever, have whatever faith or connection to God, church, or religion that you want to have. And it's still important for you to seek that additional counseling and therapy. Yes. I said, I'm a, I'm a devout Catholic. Once a month, I am talking to Dr. Nikki Lee, and she... I know, that's right, girl. And she helps me, and she leads me. And and, in fact, because she knows how, um, you know, God, church, is centered in my foundation, guess what? We still have conversations that are centered around that as well. Beautiful. You know, you don't have to separate the two. And in fact, God has placed different people in these fields of professionalism to help you for that very same reason. Wow. Well said. Well said. And and that's so important. I love how you said you don't have to choose. A lot of right. a lot of people within their religion they feel like they have to choose. They feel like if I go seek help anywhere that's you know me trying to say God is not helping enough and that's not it. And you made a valid point. You mentioned that God placed these people in these positions you know, to help as well. I think it's so profound to say that you don't have to choose. If you are in a religion, you don't have to choose. You you can do both because it's, 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 it's helping the temple. Your body is the temple and your mind and your heart and what you eat. Those are the things that you need to be able to move forward. And if your mind isn't right or your heart isn't right, you, you have to use these tools that God provided. Definitely. Yeah, so I just want to thank you for participating.
All right, you guys, remember to tune in. Definitely log in, subscribe, like, share her content, follow her page, support. And thank you again for sharing a bit of your story, which is from her story, <laughs> right? right? We appreciate right. it. Thank you for joining. I appreciate and thank you. you. No problem. Alrighty. Have a great night. You too. All right, bye-bye. Hello, is this the producer of the Fear of the Black Planet? Yes. Hey, this is the Shadow for Talk Up podcast. Thank you for participating in our conversation about mental health. Just wanted to ask if you can kind of um, give our listeners some insight on your upcoming project, the Fear of a Black Planet. Definitely a dope name. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Fear of Black Planet is a dance short film that explores the different levels of existence as uh, black people in this planet and how fear translates into the way we're perceived and also just the ways it can be used to manipulate society around us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where can, like, if someone is interested into, in your film, um, in your art, where can people find you? Where can they, you know, find the product? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And for both uh, platforms, the name is Graham on Silent. Well, we definitely checked out the um, platform, you guys. We encourage that everybody go over there, hit like, follow, share, you know, stay tuned with all the updates. It's definitely interesting. All right, let's get into the conversation. Anyway, so what are your thoughts about this? <laughs> All right, so what are your thoughts about suicide? Do you think it's something that just suddenly happened or happens over time? Oh, I would say over time. Or at least if there has to be, uh, you know, maybe if it's not over time, there's something that's like a very, you know, like super devastating incident or experience that, you know. That triggers it? Like it could be multiple experiences or just one? Uh, yeah, it could just be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what do you mean over time? I mean, because sometimes people, there's this notion that, oh, you know, he was just fine yesterday. How could he just suddenly just, I don't believe that he suddenly did that. Right. So that's always that it was just fine yesterday. Right. But we fail to realize that we don't always see all sides of everyone. And so when I hear that, I think like, do people think that suicide just happened instantly? Like before you before I've never been in that state, but I'm imagining before you think about wanting to kill yourself, you already feel like your soul is dead. That's how I'm, uh, that's how I picture pain to be for people that experience suicidal death. So, I, so my heart goes out to them. Like, well, it's, um, oh, that's, that's, that's it's, it's actually it's something that's like really complex. Cause even like, like you said, like it could be, it could be one incident from your childhood that just like really keeps manifesting in some way that's like negative right mm-hmm. or it could be like a cascade of events like oh yeah you know, whatever like say somebody with like a high-paying job and their wife and kids or whatever and then they lose the job and lose the family and it's like 
this uh, succession of events over the course of a year or a few months or whatever. And then it happened that way. And then, you know, some of it is, uh, could be attributed to, uh, you know, Loss. like drug use. Yeah. You know, drugs can change the wiring in your brain or but, you have certain uh, mental um, mm. health issues, like, you know, with being, um, schizophrenic or something or mm-hmm. bipolar maybe something like that. I don't know the exact statistics on that stuff but right. I know that you know that happens and, and I think I think there may be a hereditary element to it too because I'm thinking about um, mm-hmm. the, uh, what's the author Ernest Hemingway Ernest Hemingway yeah mm-hmm. he's an author and he committed suicide but I think like his Dad had committed suicide, and one of mm-hmm. his grandfathers had committed suicide. Wow! So that could be a, a genetic component. Like you said, it's complex. Yeah. How many other ways you think can be can add towards it, and then culture, mm-hmm. and then and then for some people, it's a religious reason why they commit suicide. Wow! Those mm-hmm. those are the remix. Those are the, mm-hmm. like when someone commits suicide for religion. But then I know this may be very touchy and awkward, but I don't know. This idea that a spiritual figure allow himself to die for human race, right? And it's a noble idea because here you are, you don't have to do this. You're the son of God. You know, you don't have to live like this. That means you love us or you, you know, you love us or the world so much that you did this. But I also know that sometimes when people say they're in that space, that they feel like they're going to make the world a, a better place if they're not there. Like they're doing the world a favor by killing themselves or the people around them. Like, you guys would be better off without me. Like, I've heard that before. And I I just feel like, I don't know, I don't know if it's a weird, um, but the difference between, I was just talking about that action, that saying, you know, you died for us. I've seen situations where people committing suicide feeling though they're dying to make someone else have a better life or so that people don't have to worry about them no more. There are two separate reasons when it comes to Jesus and it's just really a lot to get into. It is. It's it's thick. Situations where people are, but we got to do it. You know, some people that are, they may have like an illness or something and they're they're dying, but you know, the pain or whatever is so unbearable, you know, you know how they have those like, have doctors getting trouble with like the assisted suicide where people are like, I'm going to die anyway. And this pain is just like, too much so oh yeah those oh you're talking about so when they tell the doctor to just pull the plug yeah so would that is that wow if you if you have a doctor uh do it the doc obviously you don't get in trouble because you're dead or whatever but Mm. you know they call that like assistance on side like if you go to a doctor to get chemicals or whatever right 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 yeah the the land that we love the pharmaceutical company they also help suicidal rates Damn. Damn. Is that is that one or not? Nah? 
That's a real one. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there's obviously a strong mental component to it. Not saying, like, people who do it are weak or, or whatever, but just the fact of harming yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you have to break a mental barrier to harm yourself. That, that's what I was saying earlier. When I see that people go, they're physically don't want to be here, I feel like they're so already... They feel like their soul is gone and they're suffering internally. When I think about um, suicide, I sympathize a lot. I do get, you know, I've heard other people talk and say, oh, that person. Oh, do you hear the lightning? It's raining. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, and it, and it, the lightning is so loud, like my neighbor's cars are. Anyway, let's get back to the talk, the, the, um, the talk up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that, um, it's just very interesting because some people just think like they're trying to kill themselves for attention. And when I hear people say that, I just, I don't know, maybe some people are just that mentally unstable. And then again, I can't say unstable because who am I to judge if someone is stable or not? And as far as I'm concerned, everybody's walking around like shit perfect, but we all have, um, we need to all unpack a lot of suitcases. We just got tugging around. So with that being said, I do feel like it's, um, uncomfortable to be around, um, a thought process that would say something like, Oh, you're just trying to kill yourself to, to get attention. I'm thinking like after you dead, you only get the dead attention and then you're gone. I feel like it's rude when people say that. Because even, even just in the concept of committing suicide, right? Sometimes people have multiple attempts. Oh yes, that's true. You know, so That's it's not like, even like, okay, you tried to commit suicide. So to, to even be in that space to do that, right? That's like a heavy mental burden. But then you, you know, you survived or somebody saved oh you. Oh my God. So you're, you're living with the fact that you attempted to take your own life. And then some people end up trying to do it again. You know, you have some people out there who like attempted suicide three times and they're still here, you know. So like, they feel like they feel, they kind of, they could also have a, fi- a feeling of failure. Even though I know I know I shouldn't be saying that, no, I, but I, I you see what I'm trying to say? Feel like they're, they're just so messed up or incomplete, and they couldn't even do that, right? If you're like, out there, don't bad. feel that way. <laughs> this makes me so this this um when I think about that, but it's like it's a mental barrier. It's 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 really a mental bar- barrier, like you're saying, and I and I feel like the the soul is just snatched. Freeze. I know, I know, I know. Just when the conversation was getting even better, to hear the continuation of this conversation, please tune into episode right now, so you can get the rest of this conversation and more. <laughs>